Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. It's good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. We love an end of the week show because we get to cover the world. We comb the universe to find some of the best stories and some of the most interesting headlines and some of the most ridiculous behavior that we can possibly produce just for your entertainment. Because we want to make you laugh, make you think, might make you cry, but ultimately, we aim to make you feel amazing today. So you came to the right place, and let's do this, people. Highly play the bumper. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, we begin this show tonight with a story that is as seasonal as it is ridiculous. Because sometimes the season can be ridiculous, and sometimes ridiculous only lasts a season. Ignore me. I feel wordy tonight. Anyway, um, this is the month of November, and we're preparing for the holiday, not the least of which is Thanksgiving. In a little while, people will be buying turkeys, preparing turkeys. The whole conversation of the country will be sending around turkey, 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 turkey. Everybody will want to have something to do with a turkey. Well, that brings us to what happened to a TSA agent not very long ago who happened to find a, wait for it, gun stuffed in a turkey <laughs> trying to make its way through security. <laughs> I live for this. Somebody put a gun in a turkey and tried to get it through security so that they could get it on a plane. And apparently the person who did it was on their way to Haiti. Yeah, Port-au-Prince, Haiti to be exact. And they had the turkey with the gun stuffed in the turkey, stuffed in their luggage. See how I did all the stuffing there, Juan? Stuffing, turkey, Thanksgiving, gun. I put it all together. Anyway, so, um, this man think he was going to get away with putting a gun in a turkey and putting it on an airplane. You can't even put a full bottle of shampoo in your suitcase. You can't put a full thing of lotion in your, you know, them tall things. You, can, you can't bring lotion, full bottle of lotion on the plane. And this guy thought he could bring a gun and get away with it. I'm, I'm so disappointed in this man's thinking. Let me just say this, okay? I mean, did he somehow think that Turkey has this innate ability to reflect and redact X-ray rays? <laughs> and that the X-ray machine won't work on turkeys? Maybe he got it off of TikTok. You know what I'm saying? The crazier things are there. Maybe somebody told him in passing, you know, if you put a gun in a turkey and then put the turkey in your luggage, they won't even know you have either one of them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. That's not even the most ridiculous part of the story. Because I, I just set you people up. The most ridiculous part of the story is not that he put a gun in the turkey and put the turkey in his luggage and expected to get away with it, the most ridiculous part of the story is that the man has not been charged. Juan, help me. How do you, how do they find you with a gun stuffed in a turkey and then they don't charge you? Although, to their defense, let me say the Homeland Security spokesman, Nestor Iglesias, said that the case has been accepted for prosecution, but I don't know what else they need to charge because you can't be prosecuted in America until you are charged. See how that works? They ain't even charged him. And if they have charged him, whatever charges they had, that didn't stick. <laughs> Let me ask you all a question. You guys think if I put a gun in a turkey and a turkey in my luggage, you think they would charge me? Yeah, they would. And I think they should charge this man not just for having a gun and trying to bring it on the plane, but they should charge him for being stupid. You know I'm right. But let's move on. Let's talk about something that we need to talk about more in this country, because more people need it. 
According to an alarming new study, Americans are severely and extremely sleep deprived. A study which analyzed the steep sleep, what did I say, steep sleep patterns of over a thousand Americans of the age of 20 and older found out that almost 30% of the people they studied had trouble either falling asleep or staying asleep. And about 27% of the respondents were very or extremely sleepy during the day, which actually explains a lot. So the next time you're dealing with someone who's not acting regular or acting, as I should say, irregular, cantankerous, you know what I'm saying, shady, just acting unnecessarily complicated, it might not be because they're evil. It might be because they ain't had no sleep. They need a good night's sleep to act right. Adults over 18 years old need at least seven hours of sleep each night to be considered healthy. And let me tell you this. I don't know anybody. I mean, nobody did I know get seven hours of sleep. I don't get it. I think I got four or five hours last night myself. I was up late. You don't need to know what I was doing, but I was up late. And then I didn't get, get wake up until about, I was up to three, and I didn't wake up until like eight. So technically, I'm not healthy right now. <laughs> technically, anything I say that's out of pocket, out of order, you can't blame it on me. Blame it on the sleep. There you go. Not the Patron, because I didn't have any of that. Blame it on the sleep. Back to our regularly scheduled program. So, see, researchers have found out, and here's the serious part, that sleep deprivation and irregular sleep patterns are linked to increase, to the increased risk, rather, in obesity, heart disease, dementia, mood disorders, anxiety, and depression. So it's not like we're just talking about something that's not important. Not getting sleep affects your whole behavior, your whole mental and physical. Heart disease, obesity, dementia, anxiety, depression, all are connected to sleep deprivation. And if this study has any bearing in truth, and I have no reason to think that it doesn't, then this would explain a lot of what's going on in America today. Because in America, this country, in this country, we are really fat, really anxious and noticeably depressed. And it might not just be because we're rooted in bigotry and racism and sexism and, you know, greed and uh, narcissism, ego, concupiscence, malevolence. It might be because people ain't sleeping. Maybe the cure for the American disease or the maladies that hurt America might not be counseling or some moral reckoning or some spiritual awakening. Maybe in America, we just need to take our behinds to sleep. We'd act right, hopefully better. I don't know. It's the good news. The good news is, you know, the cure for everything that hurts this country might just be getting more sleep and taking more sleep seriously. You know, one of my sons had a sleep deprivation uh, problem that I didn't even know he had. I did not know until he was an adult that he had this sleep thing that had been going on since he was a teenager. And he takes, what's it called, melatonin? Melatonin, did I say it right? He takes that and it seems to be helping him and help, you know, working for him, gets more sleep. You know, I'm just saying, people, whatever, whatever you need, whatever help that or whatever might assist you in the in getting the sleep that you deserve, we get it, man. You know, you see, my point is really this. We ask the people we love a lot of questions, but one of the questions perhaps we need to start asking them more is not where you been or who are you texting or. Who was that on the phone or let me see your phone? 
because none of those questions are actually rooted in love. Maybe the new love question that we need to start asking the people we love is, how did you sleep last night? It's your homework. Let me do one more before I take this break. This story is going to make your anger rise up a little bit, okay? Um, so just be prepared not to be happy by the time I'm done. Not because anything related to me, but when you hear this, it's going to make your righteous indignation rise up in righteous indignation. So let's go. A natural woman in her Porsche um, was apparently in her car, driving her car, parking her car next to a homeless man when the homeless man asked her to lower her music and to move her car because he was sleeping on the sidewalk where she was involved with her car. And this woman, Katie Quackenbush, that woman right there, Katie Quackenbush, pulled out a gun and shot the homeless man. That man right there. Yes, Katie shot that man. Gerald Milton is his name. Check this out. A homeless man was asking someone to lower their music and to move their car because it was infringing upon Gerald's, wait for it, sleep. This all connects on this show. And she pulled out a gun and shot the man. And of course, you know, Katie Quackenbush, <laughs> such an appropriate last name, Quackenbush, um, claims that the reason she shot Gerald was because um, he threatened to kill her. That's usually what they say, right? I was in fear of my life. I was so afraid he was going to hurt me. But the police said that Gerald Milton, who is a homeless man, was trying to sleep in the area. And when he asked, you know, Katie Quackenbush to move her Porsche, because the music and the exhaust flames were bothering him in his rest. When the two of them started arguing, Miss Quackenbush fired two shots that hit the homeless man. Gerald Milton was critically wounded, but survived the injuries. And Katie Quackenbush was ordered to serve 11 months and 20 days um, of probation for the shooting. Yes, Juan said, what? That's what we're doing this story. She pulls out a gun, shoots a man who is critically injured and ends up on probation. Now, Hailey John, put her photo back up next to mine again, just the way you had it, okay? Yeah, her. And just keep it up there for a second because I want to go over this. So... That woman, Katie, was originally charged with murder, but um, she was found guilty of reckless endangerment and was sentenced to 11 months and 20 days of probation. Keep her up there. Keep it there. Don't move her. Because I want to ask everybody a question. And you already know what the question is, okay? You guys know me. You know how we get down. We're friends, cousins. So let's ask the question. How about we all say it together? Do you think if I pulled out a gun, shot a homeless man who asked me to lower my music and move my car, you think I'd get probation? Just look at me and Katie. Just look at me and Katie. Look at Katie. Now look at me. Look at me. Now look at Katie. Katie shoots somebody and gets 11 months of probation. You think if Dr. Sean shot somebody, he'd get 11 months of probation in America? I don't think so. And um, I think we all know why. <laughs> and it's not funny, but that don't stop me from laughing. Because in America, if you don't laugh at some of this mess, it will drive you crazy. See, sometimes humor is the only recourse that we have to deal with craziness. Sometimes you got to tap in your capacity to laugh and to, give, to giggle and to be jocular. Look that word up after the show. So that you don't drive yourself into endless levels and cycles of anger and resentment. 
This woman should not be on probation. She should be in jail. Just the circumstances of the case, the alleged case, just leads one to believe that she suffers from her own privilege. Because if you can shoot somebody for asking you to lower your music or move your car, you clearly thought when you shot them that you would get away with it. And the bad news is, she pretty much has. Let's take a break. We all need a drink. You get a drink, I'll drink some water, we'll all come back. Got some more headlines for you. And I got some best things that I've seen all week. One of them is going to make you laugh, okay? <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let's do some more headlines. Harley, come on, man. Lay the bumper. I didn't even need that bumper. I just did it because I like telling Harley what to do. When I'm up in the booth, he's so nonchalant and objective. You know, now I get to play the bumper, Harley. That was a test. Don't really play it. All right, let's move on. Daylight savings time. So last Sunday, we all had to change our clocks. Get back to the business of the fall ritual of falling back after we sprang forward in the spring. And every year, we have to go back and forth, springing forward, falling back, falling back, springing forward. And every year, our microwaves suffer. <laughs> the microwave don't know what time it is. Because as everybody watching right now knows, you ain't changed the time on that microwave since whatever time it was when you got it. That's what time it is right now. I don't even know how to change the time on my microwave. The point I'm making is there's a piece of legislation moving to the Congress that wants to keep time consistent and permanent throughout the year. They want to make daylight savings time our new normal. Okay? So the bill that was moving through Congress is now stalled in Congress as lawmakers in the Senate wrangle over whether they should have passed it in the first place. <clears throat> the Washington Post did an actual story on this that I saw, which is why I'm bringing it to you, because in the story, they made the claim that um, making the time permanent could actually hurt people. And what they were trying to say, these are the experts, and let me just say, I am not a sleep doctor, therapist, expert. I have no training, no acumen, no, what's the word, no ability at all when it comes to sleep or how much we need i just tell you the stories i'm and i have an opinion and it's just an opinion i'm just putting that out there anyway so they're saying that springing forward is problematic because if we just keep it that way people won't get as much sleep now, my, my pushback to that is, who in the world likes it when it gets dark at 4.30 in December? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know how. There's some people out there who might like it, but I don't understand you. I love you. You're my brother and my sister, but I don't understand you. <laughs> that you like it being dark at 4.30 in the afternoon. Okay? And so, sleep experts are saying that if you change the time in the spring, people get less sleep, and less sleep leads to all types of health issues and psychological conditions, okay? But here's the part of the story that the sleep experts are not considering, which is why I have a job, because my job is to make you consider things that other people won't tell you. And you ready for this? It might well be the case that it being lighter, longer, might make people get less sleep. And that, of course, leads to the things we talked about earlier. <clears throat> but it might also be the case that it getting darker earlier leads to more people being depressed. Listen, 
There is a direct correlation between daylight hours and evening hours and mood. Have you ever noticed that you feel differently when the sun is shining than you do when the sun is not shining? Your mood is different, your energy is different, your vibe is different, your conversation, your swagger, your energy, when it's just a burst of beaming sunlight, no cloud in the sky, I mean you up. And listen, I understand that people may need more sleep as I just did a story about that, but people also need more joy. And maybe the sleep expert should have factored that in. That, yeah, it's good to get more sleep and we need to get it, but listen, sunlight will work its magic on you. You ever had a beautiful day work its magic on you? you I mean, you wanted to be sad, but the day wouldn't let it happen. You wanted to be full of recrimination and regret and depression, and then you opened, up, you opened the blinds and the damn sun was like, not today. <laughs> Come on, sunlight. And that, and that, what, what is it? You know, the, the, what, what's, what is sunlight? Vitamin D, right? Vitamin D. That vitamin D grabbed a hold of you, right? Got all in your melanin. Listen, I'm all for sleep, but if I had to choose between sleep and joy, I'm just speaking for me, I want more joy. Sorry. Listen, I'm not knocking the sleep and the sleep experts, but. If I have to choose between more daylight and more darkness to go to sleep, easy choice. Easy choice. So I hope they figure this out. <laughs> and I hope they leave the times alone. All right, let me do, let me do at least one more. I'm behind schedule on this show. It's your fault, Juan. Okay? You're over there distracting me. So let's talk about this. This is a um a foray into, into the ridiculous. We're going to go down the rabbit hole, people. We're going into the indubitable darkness, down in that deep region where the most deplorable and nonsensical things both are born and abide. This will not make any sense. I'm giving you a warning, so sit down. Because when I tell you this story, you're going to be glad you showed up, and then you're going to start telling other people what I'm about to tell you. And you're going to do the same buildup that I just did, because if it gets more ridiculous than this, I don't want to meet it. Let's get into it. So the National Park Service has had quite a week. First, I told you this week that they had to ask people to stop hitting golf balls out into the middle of the Grand Canyon in fear that the falling golf ball might kill somebody. <laughs> or kill a bear, which, according to the great creation theory of indigenous brothers and sisters, are somebodies too. So first they had to ask Dumbos on TikTok to stop hitting golf balls, but now they've had to issue another warning. And they've had to <clears throat> request that the American people, got to get my preacher voice for this, that the American people and all of our brilliance all of our intellectual acumen, something like Dr. King, and all of our abilities, the National Park Service had to ask people and request that people in the National Park stop licking psychedelic toads. I, I feel like speaking in tongues. <laughs> Like, what in the, you heard me. National Park Service has now officially asked people to not lick frogs because apparently licking psychedelic frogs is a new thing. It's a new thing. People are apparently licking the Sonoran Desert Toad, I hope I said that right, because of the psychedelic effects it produces. And the, the frog apparently produces toxin, and those toxins are normally used to ward off predators. But somehow, somehow, some way, getting preachy again, human beings have found a way to take the toxin from the frog and smoke it to get high. <laughs> what in the world? 
We have, we have proof that someone did this. A man by the name of Mike Tyson, who I don't think has any connection to the Mike Tyson. I, I don't think it's him. But anyway, this guy, Mike Tyson, admitted to smoking the venom and said that the toad taught him that life is not forever. I don't know how a toad or smoking the toxin of a toad can teach you that life is not forever, but I bet you that Mr. Tyson was high when the thought came into his mind. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are y'all so desperate for a buzz that you will do anything to get it, including licking a toad? I mean, is it really, I mean, is life really ground us down into dust so incredibly fine that we are, we are beyond our wits with the desire to alleviate the pressure with the licking of the toxin from the back of a toad? I know life is hard, but let me tell you something. Life ain't that damn hard. I don't care. Listen, I know they had some times. You know, you know how you say on TikTok? We had a time last night. Listen, I've had some times in my life, and they haven't been good times. They've been some negative times. But you are not going to convince me to be smoking the toxin off a frog's left leg. <laughs> Come on, people, what are we doing? What are we doing? See, there's a limit to my escapism. I, I want to escape sometimes just like everybody else. That's what cigars are for, okay? That's what the marijuana is for. All you holy people don't like that I said it, but get over it. That's why you have wine and a little uh, tequila and whatever else you like to do. Right? Maybe you like anime, sneakers. Maybe you go to church. Maybe that's your escapism. Church people don't like that, but I just said either. Who cares? You get over it. You're still going to love me because I love you. But whatever your escapism is, can we not agree that we refuse, we here highly resolve that we will not be licking the psychedelic bile off the back of a frog. Come on, people. I need us all to agree to this. Stop licking frogs, okay? Stop hitting golf balls because you might kill people and stop getting trying to get high with a frog. Get you some weed, man. It's just a lot easier, okay? Probably better on the body. I'm not advocating anything, just to be clear. I don't want Trina to call me. Dr. Sean, you can't say that. <laughs> anyway, let me take a break before I lose my job. <laughs> we'll be right back. With more headlines and some of the best things that I've seen all week. Don't you go nowhere, okay? Because you want to see this. I'm about to make you laugh. First I make you sad, then I make you laugh. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let's talk about Ted Cruz. So apparently Ted Cruz was um, either hit or a beer can was thrown at him at Monday's World Series parade for the Houston Astros. And we have a video of it. Let's take a look at the video. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, Joseph... Arcadi Cano, I think I said it right, Joseph Arcadi Cano, was arrested for being the person who threw the can at Ted Cruz, and rightfully so. Let me say this. I don't like Ted Cruz. I don't respect Ted Cruz. I wouldn't let Ted Cruz in my house. He could not sit at my dinner table. That's how much I don't respect Ted Cruz. And it's not because he's a Republican, and it's not because he's a conservative. I have friends who are Republicans and conservatives who are welcome in my house and who I actually love because they're good human beings. I think Ted Cruz is a coward and completely inept, an incompetent politician and an incompetent human being. Donald Trump made fun of his wife and his father incessantly over and over and over again. And Ted Cruz is now a Donald Trump loyalist and a sycophant. 
You gonna let another grown man make fun of your wife and your daddy? And now you licking his boots? The way some people lick frogs? <laughs> I had to get that in it. I had to. I just had. My whole intro to this was just working for that one moment. Anyway. I don't respect anybody who can do that. But having said all of that, how much I don't like Ted Cruz, don't respect him, think he's a coward and an inept human being, let me also say I think it's absolutely wrong and immoral and absolutely out of order that anybody should be throwing anything at him. Nobody should be hurling things at politicians because of what they believe or what they're not or what they, we do not have the right to disagree with violence. No, I don't like Ted Cruz, but if I saw somebody throwing something at him, I'd try to stop him because it ain't right. And I'm just saying this because, listen people, um, injuring somebody because of their politics, not just, it, it not only makes you an idiot, it completely undermines your political motivations, justifications, and goals. Because no truly great political idea is ultimately supported by violence. I'm all for passionate disagreement and dissent, but I'm not for any of this reducing people down to how much we can hurt them. I don't have to like Ted Cruz in order to respect him enough as a human being to know that he deserves to be protected and nobody should be trying to injure him. Now, you notice how I just did that? Notice how I went through that whole thing. I admitted my disdain and distaste for Ted Cruz, but I was also sophisticated enough to be able to say that I think his person, his person, his humanity, his physical safety should be protected. And the person who tried to hurt him is wrong. And I'm glad they were arrested because they notice how I did that. The person deserves to go to jail. Notice how I did that. And also notice how very few Republican leaders did what I just did when Paul Pelosi was hit in the head and had his skull fractured and had to have brain surgery or skull surgery as an 80-year-old man. And Republicans, not all, but Republican leaders were on Fox News and other conservative outlets laughing, making fun of it, playing it light pushing conspiracy theories, talking about he brought a man home. Why is it so hard for people to simply say that right is right and wrong is wrong? And if we wouldn't want it to happen to Barack Obama or Kamala Harris, then we don't want it to happen to Ted Cruz. Nor should we want it to happen to Ted Cruz because we don't want it to happen to us. It shows you how truly morally compromised the Republican Party seems to be. Because every true Republican leader, and some of them did, but every true Republican leader should have been able to stand up and say, wait a minute, this has gone too far. We may not like Nancy Pelosi. We may not respect her. We may want her to lose every day of the week and twice on Sunday, but we don't want her hurt and we don't want her husband attacked and they couldn't do that. They couldn't muster the basic humanity it takes to treat people as you would want to be treated. So, yeah, let's move on. You can't linger too much when you're talking about Republicans. All right, um, do I have time, I have time? Yes, I have time for this. Let's do one of the best things I've seen all week. Play the Bamba Holly. <laughs> yes, a little music. Although my favorite music is Here's What Doesn't Make Sense. It's a, we sound like a news station with that. But I like that music too. All right, take a look at this a video of a wife trying to prank her husband until things take a very interesting and different turn. Watch this. 
My wife thought she could pull the mouse trap prank on me. So I replaced it with a real mouse. My inside man. Here's pay for a hard day's work. Somebody put this kid in a movie. Almost knocked her husband down. See, that's what you get when you want to play games. You see, don't play games with people who like to play games because they're probably better at it than you are. Okay? Never be a smart behind with somebody who's a smart behind because they can outsmart behind you. <laughs> but that was funny. All right? Didn't it make you laugh after all these sad and crazy headlines that we've done so far? Little something, little levity for your spirit. Make you feel good about the rest of your evening, okay? If you're planning on doing a prank, make sure you check the props. <laughs> we'll be right back with more best things and uh, one or two headlines right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So if you haven't noticed, and that's perhaps because you have been living under a rock or spent some time on Mars, the midterm elections are still going on because many of the races out west have not yet been decided. Apparently the big red wave that a, the Republican Party was expecting, and that n honestly normally happens in the midterm election of the first year of any presidency, did not take place. Republicans made some gains, but the Democrats did too. And a lot of people are blaming Donald Trump. Well, let me say it better. A lot of Republicans are blaming Donald Trump for what happened. And I would add to that as well they should. <laughs> they should have been blaming him a long time ago because outside winning his own uh, election in 2016, Donald Trump has presided over the absolute loss of every Republican election cycle since he won the presidency. Oh, I got receipts, okay? Because I don't come without receipts. I don't know where this accent came from. <laughs> But it's here now. <laughs> Let's go over it, people. 2016, Trump wins the presidency. 2018, two years later, the midterms come and Trump loses the House of Representatives. 2020, he loses the presidency, loses the House and the Senate. So all the all the both sides of the of the legislative and the executive branches of government are now in Democratic hands, and this happened under Trump. He lost it for the Republican Party. Huh? They lost massive seats and have not been in power really ever since. So it, it, it appears, therefore, consequently, subsequently, as a result of what I just said, Trump's team is said allegedly to be asking him not to announce his um, planned and expected um, seeking of the Republican nomination for president of the United States. They want him to delay his announcement. And they think that he should focus on the, uh, the runoff races in Georgia for, for the Senate between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. And if I was a Republican strategist, of course that's exactly what I would be saying to Donald Trump. This ain't the time to be announcing your run for the presidency since you are at least in some measure, large measure, maybe the whole damn measure as to why we didn't have our red wave. So is the problem now. Donald Trump's team can be saying all of this, but that doesn't mean Donald Trump's going to listen to him. 
Raise your hand if you think that Donald Trump is going to delay his announcement because he's concerned about a, a, a senatorial uh, race in Georgia. You think he cares about Herschel Walker or Raphael Warnock? Better question. I, Yana, I withdraw the question for a better question. Do you not think that the only person he cares about is himself? Do we have any evidence of Donald Trump caring about somebody else? I don't think we do. Huh? The Republicans have been under the impression for a long time that they could ride Donald Trump's coattails back to power, and they fail to realize <clears throat> that Donald Trump is one of the most hated people in America. I don't know why we're showing Joe Biden right now, but Donald Trump is one of the most hated people in America. There's a huge chunk of the Republican Party that doesn't like Donald Trump. Almost all Democrats don't like Donald Trump. And, wait for it, it turns out what we learned in this election cycle is that independents don't like him either. This election was not decided by Democrats or Republicans. It was decided by independent voters who went with the Democrats because they wanted to preserve democracy, a woman's right to choose. You follow me? They like infrastructure. Now, inflation may be kicking all of our behinds, but America did something amazing. In America, I give you a hard time because I love you and I'm critical of you because that's what love is supposed to do, to engage in critique and skepticism for the purposes of hope to be able to survive. But you did something amazing this week, America. In the first time in the long, for the, for the first time rather, in a long time, you chose something ethical over something financial. You decided that, yes, the cost of the cost rather of milk or chicken is higher, but I'm not willing to make that the only thing that matters to me. What matters is whether or not my children grow up in a country that makes sense, where elections matter, and they get to choose what to do with their own bodies. America, I'm so proud of you. Like, I really love you right now because I was worried, okay? I was worried that we were all going to choose, you know, pocketbook issues. Money, 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 money. Cost too much money. Gas is too high. Airplane tickets. He didn't do that. Sure, you're concerned about that, as am, as am I, but you ultimately decided that gas prices don't mean much if you ain't got a country to get gas and drive your car in. I'm proud of you. See, I can be warm and fuzzy. Why? I can be warm and fuzzy. See that? That was me being warm and fuzzy. Let me end with this. You see, the odds are Donald Trump. It's not going to change his announcement when to do it or how to do it because he's going to do what he wants to do, okay? And I think if you people think that he's going to change to help somebody else, then you too, my friend, have been going out into the national parks in the wee hours of the night, reaching between trees and bushes, down in the dirt, Trying to find you a frog whose back you want to lick to get high. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to bring that back in. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, I don't know what I'm doing when we come back, but we're going to figure it out. I think I, I might do some Ask Dr. Sean. I got one more great story I think I might do. I got so much. I got so much, people. We'll be back. <laughs> come back. Welcome back, everybody. And I promise I will not do any more frog-licking references for the rest of the show. I've got it all out my system. Because this story is going to make your soul get up and shout. You don't want to clap your hands when I'm done. And feel free to do it. I like a little praise. Juan, you know how to praise him? You know how to give him glory? There you go. He did this. This boy, he might mess around and go to heaven. Anyway, Romano Early and his friend Melvin Anderson are both in the seventh grade. Uh, at the Buffalo Creek uh, Academy Charter School in Buffalo, New York. And little Romello uh, got tired of his classmates bullying his friend Melvin because of his sneakers um, and the sneakers that he wore. Stop showing the photos, man. Just, we're going to get to that. Me. <laughs> What's he doing? 
Anyway, little Romello was so upset about what was happening to his friend that he called his mother crying after school one day and explained the situation to his mom and asked, this is the part I love, if they could go to the store and find some new shoes and sneakers for little Melvin. Don't show it yet, John. Just hold on. Little Romello was so sincere that he said to his mother he would offer his allowance and one of his Christmas presents. He would just give it one of his Christmas presents and his allowance to make sure that Melvin got from under the bullying that, would take him, that was taking place, rather, because of his sneakers. Don't show it yet, John. Not yet. Now, before I continue with this story, and I'm going to continue with it, I need to say a, a word or two, just a little word to the children who were bullying little Melvin because of his sneakers. So to all of you who was bullying little Melvin, lean in, children, and listen to this. If you little monsters don't grow up and become better versions of yourself, you're going to live tragic, unfulfilled lives of depersonalization and resentment. If you little drive-by shooters don't stop this behavior, you're going to mess around and demean and devalue the content of your own souls. And it won't be other people that you scar. It'll be your own soul that you ruin. Because one day you're going to run into somebody who doesn't cry in the face of your bullying. They have another way to respond that includes, let us just say, more physical measures. So, I know kids can be mean. But that doesn't mean that we ought to stand around and watch them and let them do it. Which is why I'm speaking to you, little children. Stop it. This is not going to end well for you. But thankfully, now show it, John, it ended well for Melvin because he got the sneakers that he wanted because his friend, Romello, my new favorite person in the world, him and his mom went out and got it done. You hear me? They made sure that Romello was able to get the shoes that he wanted. You see, we have to stop watching children turn into horrible versions of themselves because that's how she, that's rather how you end up becoming Donald Trump or something akin to the manifestation of political evil. I said political evil, so stop it. You see, brothers and sisters, the good news is that Romello and his mom cared enough to do something about the problem. And the story went viral. Everybody wanted to hear about Romello and Melvin. But that's not the good part. The good part of the story is not that the story went viral. I know some of you think that things are only good unless they're viral. But no, the good, because there's nothing inherently good about going viral, by the way, which is another conversation. The good part of the story is that a young man stood up for his friend. And if, and if nobody else noticed it, the good news is his friend did because one little boy stood up for another little boy over their lives got changed. So maybe the lesson here is this. Maybe this is a time for us to stand up for each other because that's what love does. OG is going to make you feel good. All right, let's do my last one. This is my last best things, okay? We gotta do it quick. Take a look at this video. Do we have time for this? Take a look at this video of a, uh, look at the video. My toddler's reaction when I told her I was adopted. There you go. Now put all that love in your pipe and smoke it for the rest of the week.
<laughs> Does that make you feel good? We all want to be wanted. And we all want to hear somebody say that they want us. Nobody wants to go through the rest of their lives isolated and alone and dejected and rejected and maligned, dispossessed, disinherited, disenfranchised. Nobody wants that. We all want to feel like there's somebody in the world that thinks we're special whose eyes light up when we walk in the room. And I pray that you have that. And if you don't, I pray you find it because you deserve it. And if you've had it and lost it, go back and get it again. Because without that kind of love, we just ain't human. Without that kind of love, we can't be better. Without that kind of love, we can't come back from the dead because nobody rises from the dead by themselves. There are no resurrections without relationships. Thank God for that little girl and that mom. Thank God for Romello and Melvin. Thank God for the voters on Tuesday. And thank God for you, my wonderful viewers. You people, I love you people. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the time. Be good to each other. I'll see you soon. I love you. I do. I do. Don't argue with me. I do. Don't I love them? I do. See have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.